Petri Dish is a product of Petri Dish Media, all rights reserved. Petri Dish is a science comedy podcast and should not be used as medical advice. Do not get medical advice from a podcast. And therefore, as a free man, I take pride in the words, Ich bin ein Science! Science! Yes. I know the human being and science, science. can just peacefully. This was their finest. Today's episode is brought to you by Omeo. Omeo is a travel booking platform that makes planning a journey in Europe and North America effortless. Just enter your travel details and Omeo will magically give you all the train, bus, flight, and ferry options for your journey. It's never been simpler to book your first real vacation for 2021. Best of all, using Omeo saves you time and money. That's a win-win in our books. Omeo wants to help you leave your house this summer by offering 5% off your next booking. Just head to omeo.com and use the code LISTENAFIVE at checkout. Valid until June 30th for new users on all modes of transport. It's just the pick-me-up 2021 needs. Omeo. Plan, book, and love the journey. Terms and conditions apply. Welcome to Petri Dish. I'm Nathan. (laughs) I'm Sean. And you're joining us for our allergies part four. How can you cure your allergies? Listen to Ben Shapiro to find out. Silver! <laughs> well, that's our episode today. Right? Oh, that's great. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, kind of. Yeah. We, we are talking about some of the current treatments for people who have allergies, right. and then the futuristic type right. cures, which I do not include colloidal silver in. No, no, not at all. Don't do that. So we've done three parts on allergies so far, right? And we've talked about all the different ways to be hypersensitive to all sorts of crazy, crazy shit in your body, right? <laughs> we really just like. <clears throat> Just like fisted our way through allergies <laughs> as a subject matter. We even had a brief interruption to talk about anuses and wombats. You know, we've done our anal episode by uh, zero hundred, our hundredth episode by now. <laughs> right? But oh, now man. finally, you know, you guys have been with us on this journey. And finally, you're ready to learn. <laughs> How can I cure my allergies? I am afflicted by so many allergies. Please, Dr. Sean, you beautiful man. Swipe left on me and cure my allergy. It's not swipe left. Swipe left is the bad one. Uh, okay. Um, but uh, I didn't want to date you anyway. There's no way the caffeine kicked in that quickly. I <laughs> <laughs> just got a pit of crazy in my heart, baby. Wow, yeah. Well, so I don't know how much of that made sense to anybody, but it is true <laughs> that we're going to wrap up this series on allergies. We're still going to talk about food allergies sometime in the future, yeah. but this series itself on allergies, yeah, we're finishing it up on the current and future cures and treatments for allergies. How do we cure your allergies, nerd? Today on Petri Dish. Okay, so Sean, tell me <laughs> about allergen immunotherapy. <laughs> you got to listen to like a little bit more of that radio and like really <laughs> nail down that voice. Yeah. And so, yeah, it's- no, well, it's interesting because uh, I don't know if listeners know this, but our dad, he's like this broken bodied man. Well, he has a lot of allergies. 
Oh. Anyway, so our dad did some allergy immunotherapy years ago where they would, like, prick him, like, allergen prick him for, like, two years or something. And after, like, two years, his allergies didn't improve. So then he's like, okay, fuck this. Oh, right? dad got allergy shots. Well, he tried. Okay. Right? And yeah. then it didn't work out for him. Okay. But that was, like, I think back in the 90s or early 2000s or something. Presumably by now, there must be way sexier ways to do that basic idea, right? No, nah, it's pretty much the same. Oh, okay. I mean, it, maybe there's a little bit of advancements. There's some sublingual stuff, I think, that's out there. Mm. Where you put it under the tongue. Yeah, you're okay. Right. So what is allergen immunotherapy? Yes, okay. The concept with allergen immunotherapy is you take the thing that you're allergic to and you inject it somewhere into your body okay. in small controlled amounts. Kind of okay? like an enema. <laughs> it bears some resemblance with some of those words, yeah. I don't think people typically get them as enemas. Um, usually it's under the tongue or under the skin. I, I get pine nut enemas all the time. Uh, you get most things as enemas, yes, I'm aware. <laughs> you used to get your jamba juices as enemas. I had the longest argument with an employee at Costco where I was like, where's my pizza enemas? And they're like, what do you mean? I was like, cheese, pepperoni, enema. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, I've been very clear with your manager. This is how I take my pizza. <laughs> yeah, I'm not 100% sure that bit worked, but I think it's staying in. Um, okay, so basically the concept, you get little tiny amounts of the allergen. Yes. Right? Not enough to set off like a really intense allergic right. response. Right. But enough, hopefully, over time, after a shitload of shots... That it'll kind of teach your immune system that, you know, it's not really this thing right. that needs to overreact. It's over. like you let a couple of refugees into this small Texan town. Just like one family at a time. Until the whole town's overrun. I'm <laughs> 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 like, what is the natural consequence of this, <laughs> of this story? Of this metaphor? Um, okay. So... This does not work for everyone. Right. Like, it did not work for dad. Okay? Yeah. But it can work for some people, and it can either reduce the severity of their allergic reaction, sometimes to the point where it doesn't really have very many noticeable symptoms anymore. Okay. okay? So, like, for example, some people, they love their cats. Yeah. But they're allergic to them. Yeah. So they get these shots for, like, six years. Jesus. And then they only sneeze around their cats. Terrible. God, <laughs> cats are bad. Well, so the drawback is it definitely takes a long time. Right. right. It's a lot of shots. And it might not work at the end of the day. Right. Like you said, Dad did it for like a couple of years and then boom, nothing to show for it. Well, is there any way to use our molecular knowledge about allergies to like make these make this therapy a little fancier, a little more targeted so, or something? So research is definitely being done on several fronts okay, cool. to try to improve the efficacy of allergen immunotherapy. Mm, okay? Gallipoli. That was one of the fronts. Oh, yeah. wow. I know that was a little <laughs> mystery I, I, nerd. I know that was like a little random. That was kind of good, though. <laughs> I appreciate it. So like one option is to try to improve the safety a little bit, maybe improve the pace of it, you know? So the kind of broader concept of allergen immunotherapy is to try to shift around the kind of response from a TH2 to like a TH1 or TH17 response. Okay, last right. episode we talked about what those TH number things right. mean if you don't know what that means go back and listen yeah but basically the main idea then is like okay your immune system gets that allergen but instead of mounting an allergic response it'll mount kind of more of a normal immune response okay one with like igg antibodies and stuff like right that. and then eventually way way down the road it'll uh just tolerate the allergen being around okay? right so one of the options to try to improve the strength of allergen immunotherapy is to actually use an adjuvant 
Adjuvants are something that we brought up in our vaccine episode. Right. They're like stuff you add into a vaccine to really like up the immune response. And in a certain sense, on first glance, that sounds kind of counterintuitive. Yeah. Why would you use something to increase immune response when you already have this allergic response? Right. Right. But this is part of that same idea we were talking about before. Like maybe there's this kind of dichotomy between Th1 and Th2. And so if you actually up the Th1 responsiveness with an adjuvant, mm. that might reduce the allergic response. I don't want to sound irreverent, Sean, but you, you know what an adjuvant really sounds like? Like, like no bullshit. Cut through the bullshit. That's me. No bullshit, man. You know what an adjuvant sounds sound like? What does it sound sounds like? Sounds like, um, like the consigliere to a mentat. Like in Dune. It Why would you like... have a consigliere to a mentat? Mentats are already the consiglieres. Well, like second, you know? <laughs> <laughs> like when the mentat is like, oh, I don't know. <laughs> and then you can talk to their adjuvant. Uh, okay, so it's like the mentat's drunk on berry juice or whatever. And yeah. he's like, send the adjuvant down. Yeah, yeah, Don't yeah. deal with it. Either that or it sounds like Entaro Tazadar adjuvant. You know, like oh, adjuvant yeah, sounds yeah. like he's like that guy. You remember in the first game how there's like that really annoying fucking guy always tell you what to do as Protoss and you yep. actually kill him in the second game? Of course. That guy called you an adjuvant. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Every time. That guy was a dick. That's great. We did it. We nailed that one. People are going to love it. Um. So... <laughs> Another at that. <laughs> another possible option out there. I think she laughed at what's on her phone. She wasn't laughing at us. Fuck. <laughs> um, another option for trying to improve allergen immunotherapy is to not actually use the allergen at all. Okay. So even though it's a very small amount of the allergen, some people can still have a little bit of a reaction. Cool. And so what you can do is you can use something called a allergoid. An mm. allergoid. An allergoid. Aller- a- allergen. Allergoid. It's like oid. On the end of allergen, you yeah, know, okay. allergoid. Allergoid. But it's basically something that looks kind of similar to the allergen. Yeah. Enough for your immune system to learn some lessons, but not so similar that it sets off the IgE response. Cool. Okay. And then one of the last little ideas is maybe we can use nanoparticles to improve the delivery of all of this stuff. Nice. You know what I mean? So that it can get more into the immune cells kind of more quickly. Yeah, Okay. And that might be... Hopefully that means that these therapies will take less than six years or something. Yeah, that'd certainly be nice. Yeah. Yeah, less than six years and maybe, you know, we'll we'll get that response going sooner and stronger. So, so far we're talking... And this is something we're doing now. Right. So what we do now sucks and takes a really long time. And like maybe it doesn't work for everybody anyway. Yes. Although, you know, it has a relatively good track record. So like... Okay. um, So this is the thing that's out there. Right. Uh, Compared to pre-modern cures for allergies, it's like way better. Yeah, pre-modern cures like just killing the person. <laughs> yeah, you're in my fucking body, man. <laughs> you're dead. Let's take a break. And when we come back, let's go ahead and talk about one of the other options that actually a part of this is on the market now yeah. as well. Cool. Okay? Called anti-IgE. Oh, my God. I'm allergic to pinus. Quack! You're dead. <laughs> <laughs> Theory. Warning! There are about to be spoilers! Spoilers, spoilers ahead! Many, many spoilers for the new Marvel hit show Loki! Loki on Marvel! Disney Plus! Spoilers, spoilers ahead! So guys, if you don't want to hear spoilers for Loki, very understandable, skip the next five minutes. Skip five minutes, and you won't hear any spoilers for Loki. But much better would just be to watch Loki and then listen, because I got this fucking new theory, you gotta hear it. This is a theory that Nathan has. I have a theory about Loki. (laughs) Okay, so I have a Loki fan theory. 
Like, I figured it out. I figured out the whole fucking show. Okay, Stacy. Okay. Figured out the whole thing. Okay. All right. So, you know how the name of the episode is Glorious Purpose? Mm-hmm. Okay. In the beginning, that's kind of played for laughs, right? He zips into the Gobi Desert, mm-hmm. and some time people come to bust him up, and he's like... Like, I have glorious purpose. And he's referring to his 2012-era ambitions to become Lord of Midgard, right? Mm-hmm. And obviously, it's played for laughs. He's such a dumb bitch. Um, and he gets his ass kicked. He goes to the TVA, the Tennessee Valley Authority, a uh, yeah, famous organization in the 1930s to provide electricity in the broader Tennessee Valley. Uh, but anyway, so that's like, so that's his quote-unquote glorious purpose. And then when he finds all the Infinity Stones in the episode, right, mm-hmm. it's like, it causes an existential crisis in him because he realizes that his quote-unquote glorious purpose is bullshit on two levels. First of all, he won't win, Mm -hmm. right? He realizes that when he watches his own death. Okay, I'm not going to win. Second, perhaps deeper, the Infinity Stones is paltry power, almost, in fact, completely irrelevant to the bureaucrats inside the TVA. Mm -hmm. To people who have mastery over time, all of it is vanity. Mm -hmm. The thing that bedeviled me about the episode, okay, I'm about to blow your mind. The thing that bedeviled me about the episode was at the end of the episode when Hunter B-15, I think, she comes in, Loki's hanging out, and she's like, I'm going to kick your ass, bitch. And he's like, I have glorious purpose or something. I didn't understand why he repeated glorious purpose. Because what we just saw was proof that not only does he not have a glorious purpose, his life is insignificant and meaningless. He's a he's a tertiary character, provable in the timeline he just saw. So why did he still say it? I don't know. Okay, baby, here's what it is. Because his whole deal is that he feels powerless so often, right? And he is so bedeviled by choice. And he always makes the wrong choice. And so he seeks power. He sees that powerlessness in other people. And, you know, at least as far as what he says to Owen Wilson's character, he wants to save them from it. I mean, the same anxieties that he feels as this misbegotten son, right? So now that he realizes there's this great, this much greater power than the Infinity Stones, his answer is not suddenly to become Zen. He wants to do the same thing he always does, is he wants to rebel, beat the fuck up, punch up against this reigning power and usurp it, right? That's just Loki. He always wants to do that. And so now he's like, oh, I gotta gotta do this to the TVA. Okay, that's his glorious purpose. And not only is it glorious because it's a bigger power, it's glorious because in this amazing accident of time, he even gets the chance to see a true purpose. He realizes his whole last life was a lie. But the silver lining, or perhaps the shining path forward, is that now that he sees it, he can correct it and do a great and glorious new thing, which is usurp the entire predestination of timelines. But then he talks to Owen Wilson's agent. And when Owen Wilson basically says, I need your help to hunt you, he's utterly flabbergasted. And the reason he's flabbergasted is not because it's just shocking. It's because he realizes, oh, fuck. A different Loki has the exact same idea as me. I was ready to work with Owen Wilson because I was going to betray him Mm -hmm. and fuck over the TVA. Mm -hmm. But fuck, a different Loki's already doing it. And so the question of the series is going to be, if Loki decides to basically do what evil Loki's doing and be evil, or if he's going to end up being persuaded by more moderating forces. Mm. And of course, the question for Owen Wilson's character 
um, I think when quote unquote timelines get reset, they just like basically TVA just genocides a whole timeline, right? So any consciousness that has accidentally branched off into a multiverse level event, the TVA just utterly obliterates. So it's like trillions of lies that they genocide every time they reset a timeline mm. is my suspicion. Mm-hmm. Owen Wilson feels bad about it, mm-hmm. right? When he's looking at that little kid in a French church, he felt bad. He looked sad about it because he was like, oh man, this is another kid we're just going to like fucking basically kill in a second. Right? A whole consciousness. And I think Owen Wilson is actually going to end up working with Loki, the, the good Loki, to find a way to break open the multiverses. Hmm. And that has to happen because how else did Spider-Man into the multiverse work if we don't <laughs> accept a lot of multiverses? Oh, so much... Uh, so much Marvel. So much Marvel. So much Marvel, baby. So much Marvel. Hey. Boom. That was Culture News. So the anti-I-E-G... Nope, you fucked it up. (laughs) (laughs) Can't even say letters in the right order. (laughs) God damn. (laughs) Does it make you feel good to be be related to a... (laughs) Let's let's beef that. (laughs) Uh, Okay, so what is the second therapy? Okay, Um, IgE is the naughty antibody. Right. right. We've been talking about that this whole time we've been talking about that. So if we could just anti-IgE, just take care of it. Yes. Get rid of it. Yeah. Sleeping with fishes. It's kind of like Antifa, except it's <laughs> <How> anti-IGE. <laughs> <laughs> Just the anti part. Oh, I see. So phonetically <laughs> or linguistically or whatever, yeah. it's like Antifa. It's, it's, yeah. Or any other thing. Yes. Okay. Yes, very, very much like Okay, that. so this therapy promises to get rid of IGE, because don't we still need those, like, fucking things? The thing is, especially in developed countries and urban environments and stuff like that, I'm not sure what IgE is supposed to be that useful for. What are you doing like fucking, you're like a a Kalahari native. Yeah, it can help with like parasites sometimes. Okay, I see. So IgEs are mostly for parasites. And like, that's just not that big of an issue outside of the city. Yep. So we don't need IgEs in the Western world or that's, that's Eurocentric in the developed world. So let's just fucking anti them. Yeah, you know, it's possible maybe... That there is some, like, kind of rare use for IgE. But honestly, there are people who are on the treatment that we're about to talk about that are don't seem to be super negatively affected by the absence of IgE or the significantly reduced amount of it. Okay. okay. And honestly, in healthy people that don't have allergies, IgE levels are super low. Right. Right? It's only a really big percentage of your antibodies. If you have parasites or allergies. Yeah. Exactly. Right. Okay. So let's just get rid of them. I didn't know this right, was so easy. Right. So... Ooh. One of the options for getting rid of something, you make an antibody that attaches to the thing. Hilarious. So this is like that Simpsons episode. Yes. You got to bring snakes to eat the lizards. Right. Except in this, yes. Uh, I guess in that case, they're both reptiles. So that's very similar to this because Ooh. IgE is an antibody. Yeah. Let's make an antibody to attach to your antibody there we so go. we can get rid of it. Nice. Okay. And that is exactly what they did. All right. And this is actually a drug that is FDA approved for severe asthma and it's uh, omalizumab. All omalizumab. Right. Famous, uh, famous, famous guy. Shit. Famous Numenorian king. That's what oh, I was going to say. Oh, that's fine. I, I was like torn between... Uh, these aren't even jokes. They're just like lies, right? <laughs> I was torn between lying about it as like a Sumerian king mm. or as a Numenorian king or just broadly an Old Testament tyrant. 
And then I got really confused. Well, that's fun, though. Your brain works in a very different way than mine. See, yeah. for me, I was breaking it down into pieces. It's Oma, which is Korean for mom. Nice. Lizzo. Yeah, which is also Korean. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who is Korean? She, she's all she's all over the world. Yeah. And then Queen Mab. Ah, hath been with you. Yeah. She's a fairy's midwife, and she comes in shape no bigger than an agate stone in the forefinger of an alderman. Drawn with the team of little after me, if I'm so I sleep. I'm a Martian. <laughs> <laughs> this is all I've got. Um, uh, okay, so the idea here, we're using this antibody, and it's specifically a monoclonal antibody that we make. We basically right. have cells in a big bioreactor Just like somewhere. Django Fett. Exactly like yes. Django Fett. Yes, <laughs> yeah. Yes, and so we have an antibody army, just like the clone army. Nice, Order 66. <laughs> have you watched that show yet? No. I heard it was good. I didn't know it was out already. Yeah, I think the Bad Bunch is out. Oh. I don't know, EV Club keeps on releasing reviews. That's like, it's good again, <laughs> you know? <laughs> okay, so this antibody, its arms grab onto IgE, <gasps> and it keeps it from being able to bind to the receptor that's on mast cells and basophils. <gasps> so it blocks it, and so those cells cannot really get activated by allergens anymore. Get okay. over here! Like more combat. Oh, yeah, wow. <laughs> I'm nerding. Barely like that. I'm I like... nerding out today. <laughs> I know, that's a lot of game references. Um, omalizumab drops the amount of IgE that's floating around in allergic people by like 99%. Nice. Okay. And in the absence of all of that IgE, mast cells and basophils actually stop putting the receptor on their surface. Okay. Because they're like, well, there's not really anything to bind to it anyway. So they just right. kind of like, they reduce the amount that's up there by like up to 97%. Less of that receptor. Cool. Okay, so that might also help with sort of reducing the severity of allergic responses. One of the issues with this treatment, though, is that it seems like for a lot of people, when you start to lower the dose of omalizumab, or if you just, like, kind of stop taking it, right? it seems like your IgE levels kind of recover over time. Okay. So it doesn't seem to be like a permanent cure kind of thing. I take medicine. I don't expect to be permanent cure. Death is the permanent cure, right? So I'd be like, what are these fucking... That deep slumber. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> the good rest. Good yeah, night. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Slipping into a darkness of another kind. An undiscovered country. That's beautiful. Anyway, uh, so why should these folks expect this to be a permanent cure? Why aren't they just on it for the rest of their lives? Only in so much as uh, monoclonal antibodies are kind of expensive. Ah, okay, okay. okay. So it's, it's not why a cheap thing. Bernie Sanders should be president. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Oma Luzabab. <laughs> wow, you said that great, by the way. Yeah. I, think the, I think us talking about the name breakdown really helped there. Probably. <laughs> okay, now, there is another problem with Oma Luzabab. Yes. Okay? Aside from the fact that if you stop taking it, it's like a reversible thing. Right. right? Every once in a while, sort of rarely, people will have a reaction to it. Ah, okay. okay. In that it's still an antibody. So it's got an arm portion, right? And that grabs onto the IgE. Right. But it's got a leg portion also. And the leg portion can mm. bind to a receptor on some of your other immune cells. Oh, that's bad. A receptor family called FC gamma receptors. Are okay? those important? Uh, yeah, they're fairly important, and they exist on a class of cells that we talked about called neutrophils. Right. Neutrophils are also kind of crazy assholes. Right. And so, in these people that have this kind of fairly rare response to this, rare in the scheme of numbers that, like, you right. and I normally talk about, but, like, I'm talking, like, one in a thousand, maybe. Oh, okay. Yeah, so, so that's... not that rare. Right, right, yeah. In those people, they can get kind of swelling at the site of injection, or even anaphylaxis. Okay? okay, which is ironic. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so the guy's dying, he's like, the irony! <laughs> yeah, so that's not great, all right? And so some scientists 
uh, we're trying to figure out why this treatment does that. They figured out this whole thing about it binding to neutrophils and right. all that stuff. And then they went in and they just changed the antibody right. so that its feet were all fucked up. They Ouch. broke its toes. <laughs> Damn, dude. Now it can't walk no more. Right. And it can't bind to neutrophils. And they found that that oh. seemed to alleviate a lot hmm. of the problems in mice. So are they just going to like change the medication now just to right. make that work it's out? It's entirely possible that the next generation of omelizumab might just have a slightly changed foot area. Wow. And that might be good enough to get rid of this particular issue. God. And some people, man. That's science, dude. That is science. Speaking of science and advances and stuff, there is another antibody that's supposed to do a very similar thing, and it's called legalizumab. Okay. Okay, and legalizumab is also supposed to bind to the IgE antibodies. The thing is, it binds to a slightly different spot, mm -hmm. and the scientists were trying to figure out how these two are different, the omalizumab and the legalizumab. Okay. And they found that they bound slightly different spots, but actually that slight difference in where they bind makes it so that legalizumab, it has, it seems far fewer side effects yeah and seems to be a little bit better for stopping the activation of the mast cells and basophils god you know now that timothy chamele is willy wonka i would love for him to be a big pharma guy instead of like a candy provider and then for the song to be like big leaves man wait wait wait, wait. who's willy wonka timothy chamele is gonna be willy what? wonka yeah yeah and like oh, oh, oh uh, it's like a prequel Yes, yeah, he's going to like, run around and like... Presumably. Uh, <laughs> do all kinds of things that like we're very quickly going to enter into territory we can't record about. Uh, <laughs> a lot of gonna... naughty things. <laughs> <laughs> just going to spread eagle squat on a child. <laughs> <I'm> just... <laughs> what do you think this movie's going to well, be Well, like Willy Wonka's done some controversial things to the, uh, to, the, to, the, to the native people. To the small peoples. <laughs> 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 to the Oompa Loompas of the world. There's yeah. some dangerous words that we yeah. could be saying. And like, Johnny Depp method acted that role. <laughs> yes. So you know Johnny Depp actually did those things. <laughs> Fucking dead eyes. Like a shark's eyes, right? Like you saw them. <laughs> Terrifying. Anyway. Holy shit. So, you know, all of that stuff was antibodies, but monoclonal antibodies are somewhat expensive. Right. Like I would say more expensive than small molecule drugs. We'd like a cheaper solution. Right. So one of the other options that are out there, and it's still preclinical, so it's not in clinical trials yet, are little proteins that mm -hmm. people can engineer called DARPINs, okay. or designed and cure and repeat proteins. Okay. And these are like little tiny small proteins that are really easy to like tweak and like use a computer to kind of engineer their shape and everything right. like that. And you often design them so they kind of slip in there right in between two proteins that normally like to bind each other. Sexy. So they just kind of slip right in there and then block that interaction. Nice. Okay? So the idea is, hey, let's design a DARPIN that slips in between the receptor and IgE. Okay. Right? So you don't even have to bind the IgE. Right. Just ignore that part. You just just keep it. it from... Yes, exactly. Nice. Keep it from sealing the deal with the mast cell. <laughs> okay, okay, cool. So that's the whole idea there. And hey, it could work. There are no human studies right. yet, but that's out there. That's on the horizon. So how much more efficacious are these therapies vis-a-vis -vis the kind of normal allergen immunotherapy we talked about prior? Yeah, so allergen immunotherapy is the kind of thing where you have to do it for a long time. And my understanding is it's not actually that useful for something like severe asthma. Mm. Okay, Whereas for severe asthma, omalizumab like, actually helps many people. Right. Okay. So in a certain sense, they're almost like... Uh, I wouldn't say they're mutually exclusive, mm -hmm. but like they're more of a Venn diagram situation where okay. maybe there's some people that are helped by both, but they cover kind of different areas of allergy. Is there like issues. a percent somewhere? What percent of people who take omalizumab like improve? 
Or at oh. what percent it doesn't help? I think it's pretty high. Pretty high? Uh, okay. Yeah, I'm not sure what the actual number is. Well, just, I'm, I'm trying to judge that. how efficacious these are because, you know, acupuncture has an efficacy of 95%. <laughs> Don't do this. <laughs> so it's like, damn it. So it's like, why would I get these uh, when I could see an acupuncturist? <laughs> You know, because oh, asthma is largely a chi issue, isn't it? <laughs> okay, uh, so let's move on. <laughs> or should we take a break? Yeah, let's take a break, and then when we come back, let's have a plasma. Yeah, <laughs> what kind of plasma yeah. and parasites? Yes. P and P. After the break. <laughs> Damn it. The following is an actual advertisement. If you enjoy space adventures featuring brave and competent astronauts. Can you give me a countdown to be ready? A three, two, If you enjoy podcasts that are culturally sensitive. I've been labeling stuff aboard the ship with post-its so she can learn a language. I speak English, you bloody... If you enjoy shows with sophisticated humor. Well, that's just rude. It's her spacesuit. Then you may not want to listen to Oz9. But if you simply enjoy giggling. Oh, <laughs> you anglers, so snooty about all the everythings. Oz9 may be the show for you. Get it wherever you find the other shows you like to put in your ears. That title is spelled O Z dash numeral nine. You could certainly do worse. Okay, so now we have two more hypothetical treatments to talk about. One of them, very, well, not very futuristic. But one of them's kind of on the horizon. And then the other one is one of our most ancient ways to deal with allergies. <laughs> <laughs> yes, okay. So the first one we're going to talk about, the ones a little bit further in the future, centers around these cells called plasma IgE cells. Okay. In... The previous episodes, we talked about IgE a lot as being the naughty antibody. That was the whole premise we were just talking about for anti-IgE, right? But actually, somebody makes this IgE, right? right? And there are these little cellular factories that are just dumping this IgE out. What about fucking killing those cells? Wow. Why don't we get rid of those, and then they can't produce IgE anymore? Damn, you're like a Vietnam-era general or something. You're just like fucking Agent Orange the Forest. Easy. Okay, well, anyway. We have to win. Yeah, let's get away from the morality of it. Okay. So, antibodies in general are made by B cells. And then kind of the major factories for antibodies are typically called plasma cells. Okay, so we're going to like ass blast these cells, huh? Yeah. And so, first of all, it took a little while for us to figure out where the fuck these cells are. Mm -hmm. Because plasma IgE cells are not as common as like the IgG versions. Right. Uh, But eventually, you know, I think fairly recently, it's like within the past few years. We tracked them down to their terrorist cells deep within the heart of bone marrow. Yes, exactly. So they're hanging out inside of our bone marrow like a bunch of assholes. Well, let's just like, let's just like nuke people's bone marrow with radiation, man. Well, that is a thing that we do sometimes. But like, you know, actually, I know a dude who basically got a bone marrow transplant. More or less. And in the process of doing that, they have to get rid of your bone marrow. Right. Ah, that's so they core. do nuke it and everything. And that's he found that like he's developed a whole different set of like allergies and stuff like that than he used to. Wow. Yeah, isn't that crazy? That's reason. You know what's the saddest thing about that is that they're just willing to remove the bone marrow manually. They could have made an amazing stock. <laughs> oh my god. Because you don't usually I mean this is the dirty thing we don't like to talk about, but human bone marrow is really good. <laughs> and, and like I'm not saying kill a person, right? But like if <laughs> don't waste it. Recycle bone marrow. And Every eat it. S- 
person does it. <laughs> Great. Well, okay. Well, anyway. All of that was dumb. Uh, so that's uh, that's it for Petri dish. <laughs> okay. So they found the IgE plasma cells hanging out in bone marrow, right? And the idea is, okay, maybe there's a way to kind of more selectively kill them instead right. of just wiping out your bone marrow. All right. Okay. And one of the ways to do that, to selectively kill cells anyway, is to use these kinds of cells called like CAR T cells, for example. Okay. Okay. CAR T cells, we might have talked about a little bit in our cancer episode because they're a treatment that's FDA approved for certain kinds of cancers, specifically like lymphomas and leukemias, those kind of blood cancers. Right. The idea is you take someone's cells, you like draw a bunch of blood. Yeah. You take the immune cells out of it and then you genetically engineer those immune cells so they get really good at killing a very specific target. You very like cool. Manchurian candidate them. Right? Awesome. All right. And so once you've made these T cells that are very specific for a target, you can re-inject them into that person. They'll go find that target and kill the shit out of those cells. Okay, cool. Okay. And it just so happens that these plasma IgE cells have a very convenient bullseye on them. Right. Because in the process of making IgE, they stick some of the IgE on their surface. Ah. Okay. And IgE always kind of looks a certain way. So, so it should okay. be very easy to try to program these CAR T cells to get in there and do their business. Fucked up. All right. Now, some limitations of this. CAR T cells are extremely expensive. Okay. The way that I talked about doing them right now is basically patient-tailored. Mm-hmm. Every individual person that wants to get treated needs to get their blood taken out, mm. their cells genetically engineered, and then injected back into them. You can imagine if this is just for, like, a pollen allergy, right. you might be like, I'll take Allegra. You know what I mean? Like, right. maybe I don't need to do all of that. Right, right, right. But so, if you're rich, yeah, why not? Yeah, who knows? That's our, that's our listeners. So there have been some studies with mice and everything like that, but nothing full-blown yet. Okay. The other thing is CAR T-cells have some side effects. Right. Okay, including, like, cytokine storm kinds of stuff that can make you feel sort of sick. Okay. Now, in people with cancer... You have cancer. You take it. <laughs> yes. Whatever. But in people with allergies, maybe that would be a little much. You know what right, I mean? Right, so, right. so there's a lot of questions as to how feasible this particular thing is. Maybe it needs to be more nuanced or careful, slightly different than CAR T cells or future generations of well, them. That's pretty cool. But it is. No, we a... should have someone who actually studies CAR T cells on the show one of these days. I go. Oh, don't do it. NDA. I don't want the people to know <laughs> oh about it. Oh my god. Okay. All, all right. right. No, but all that stuff. Wow, boring, right? Like, yes. let's talk about the good shit. This is the ancient way to treat someone with allergies: is you give them parasites. Yeah, it might be one of the original ways to not have allergies was right. we all had parasites, so who cares? We're kind of hearkening back to our hygiene hypothesis. Maybe the reason in past times. Before heavy urbanization and modern sanitation and blah, 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 blah. Wow. Maybe people didn't have a lot of allergies because they were just inundated with tapeworms and other parasites. What's the logic here? Right. So this is actually an offshoot of the hygiene hypothesis called the old friends hypothesis. Right. Which is that the parasites that were living inside of us, maybe... It's that everyone has a high school friend now who's a schmuck. (laughs) (laughs) And kind of mooches off you. And mooches off you. Well, no, so I would say one of the most extreme versions of this hypothesis, or or one that pushes it the furthest in its kind of logical conclusion, says that a lot of these endoparasites, like tapeworms, actually shouldn't be called parasites. Ah, they're mutualistic. Right. That they were providing us a service. Right. By helping chill out our immune system sometimes. And that realistically, it's kind of rare for someone to have such a high parasitic burden 
that like it makes them very ill. Right. Parasites um, kind of, I mean, they generally don't want to kill the host. Right. So, you know, the idea there is like, okay, even though we've called them now parasitic helminth infections, and it's kind of gross to think about worms living inside of your guts. In reality, maybe the worms are helping out. There was an episode of Futurama kind of about that, where like some mm. worms lived in Fry, and he got way smarter. But then he got neurotic about whether Layla loved, uh, you know, him or smart parasite him. Mm. But the answer being the latter. And yep. so he got rid of them on purpose. Yeah. 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 That's too bad. Yeah. Because, like, I think what we're learning this episode is the dumb schmuck should have just kept him. Well, so what What do we do with this hypothesis, right? If you truly believe this hypothesis. Right. What is the logical next step? So you got to make an experiment, baby. Do a clinical trial oh, where yeah. you give people parasites. Oh, okay? yeah. And that is absolutely what has happened. Hey, wait a minute, though. Why, why would worms help with allergies? Right. Okay. So we talked about this a little bit, I think, last time. Yeah. But the basic idea, one of the basic ideas, is that a lot of these helminths want to keep living inside of us right and want to tone down our immune responses a little right because because our, in theory our immune response sees like a worm and it's like wow right, right. It freaks out right and like we mentioned th2 responses the ige responses part of what they were supposed to do was fight worms mm -hmm. right fight parasites okay and so the parasites naturally part of their defense mechanism would be to figure out ways to calm down specifically the th2 right. side of our immune system okay in which case, that would tone down allergies. Do we know the way they do that? We'll get to that in a second. Okay, okay. So, basically then, you can do clinical trials where it's like, hey, let's put parasites inside people and see what happens. Well, first we didn't do people though, right? Which is like pigs or monkeys or something? Huh. Whatever. Let's I don't talk, know. That's talk. a good question. I know we did people though. Okay, so <laughs> we, put some, we put some worms into people. Yeah, so happened. we did several studies using pig whipworm. Wow. And then we did some studies using human hookworm. Wow. Okay. Now, pig whipworm typically infects pigs. So when you give them to people, they only kind of temporarily make a home in your guts. But you like kind of naturally clear them after a while. Mm -hmm. Okay. Human hookworm, though, is like human hookworm. So it's actually pretty good at hanging Hooks out with people. There. Yeah. And so they actually did some studies where they were trying to figure out, like, how many worms is too many worms to feed a person? Wow. Gross <laughs> preliminary study. Yeah. So, What's the answer? Uh, 50 is too many. <laughs> <laughs> but you need more than 10. Okay. Sweet spot. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah, like so, 33 so, or something. Somewhere in there. Okay. Yeah. Now, I've read some of these studies. Most of them, unfortunately, do not find any particular impact on allergies. Hilarious. <laughs> when you feed people these fucking things. All right. Okay. Maybe. But. Yeah. Maybe the dose wasn't high enough in some cases. Right. You really you need like 100. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe it's not the right kind of worm. Right. Okay. Like we were purposely trying to pick specific worms in a sense because, you know, we didn't want people to like feel weird or anything like that if possible. Right. We wanted right. it to be kind of like. A little bit on the gentler side, especially yes. with the pig whipworm and everything. So maybe we weren't trying the right kind of worm. There's a bunch of them out there, right? In any case, I don't think this therapy would be the easiest sell. Right. Right, out there on the market. Take worms. I bet if you did, like, Gwyneth Paltrow's worm, like... People buy that. Somebody would. Someone would buy this anyway. Yeah, yeah. Right? I, I feel like I've already heard stories of people like, I want to lose weight, and they took a tapeworm or something, yeah. you know? So, so someone out there might do something silly like this. But an alternative is to try to figure out what are the worms doing right. to try to tone down our immune system, okay? What kinds of proteins are they making? Are they making some kind of chemical that does this, right? right? And so that is currently sort of like a really active area of research. Well, here's what I don't get about that, though. 
is if the studies don't suggest any effect, how do we know that worms are even, like, making a chemical that would help with allergies at all anyway, right? Right, right, right. So we've done some things in, like, dishes, like Petri dishes and stuff like that. Nice, dude. Yes. Call back Yay, to we the did show. It. Yeah, <laughs> that's the name of the show. <laughs> like, yeah, we did it. Um, where it seems like just being in the same environment, like even physically separated, like you can put sort of like a semi-permeable barrier, like a net or something like that, in yeah. between the parasite and immune cells. Yeah. Just doing that is enough to make the immune cells kind of like chill out more. Hmm. So there does seem to be some kind of like maybe secreted type thing that's having an impact there. Okay. We're just still trying to identify it. Right. And then even once we identify it, is it strong enough to have a huge impact on someone who already has allergies? Right. We don't know. Yeah. Okay. Maybe some of these things need to happen before you develop them. Right. You know what I mean? Like you gotta, if, gotta get babies tapeworms or something. Right. Or pregnant moms or something like that. Yeah. Don't give any of those things tapeworms. Yeah. But Sean's like, not a medical podcast. <laughs> I'm not any kind of podcast. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> I am a podcast. <laughs> anyway, so the point is, you know, that one, I don't know if the worm part of that's going to move forward, but maybe we're going to learn some cool lessons cool. from those worms, and maybe we can use that and then make some future treatments out of, like, the proteins the worms make. Awesome. All right. So you know what? That's the end of this episode. Thank you guys for joining us for our 101st episode. Yes. You're very brave, and we are too. Woo! Uh, let's say thank you to Stacy Song, our sound lord and engineer and animator. Woo! Yay! Thank you, Brian, for art. Yeah, and we got a Twitter account. It's at Dish Podcast. We have a Gmail account, PetriDishPod at gmail.com, and a Patreon account at patreon.com slash PetriDish. Woo! Those were good words. Have a good one, guys. See you later. <laughs>